Good evening and welcome back to another season quarantine edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, nothing. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing okay, hanging in there. Yeah, and this part will sound better than some of the rest of the show, but uh, oh my <laughs> gosh. But have you guys back? Technical difficulties. Yeah, we are we have like one of our favorite shows today, but who knows how it's gonna sound um in terms of the interview. Um, as always, we're still talking about improving the quality of this. Um, but content wise, we don't want to miss this one. We have Brian and Colby Tro from Mossy Creek Fly Fishing on with us today. Um, they've been one of our sponsors for quite a while now and just good friends, but they're also, that was really cool, Rob, just to hear 17 years in business that they started from scratch in Harrisonburg. A year out of college. A year out of college. 23 years old, I think. Right. And employing just like. Tons of JMU people, the money they've raised for charity, like the work they do. It's just really cool to hear about. Um, so I, I think everyone will be excited, as excited to hear it as we were to talk to them. Um, and big thanks to them for co- taking the time. Uh, we are, as always, brought to you by the guys from Mossy Creek. Um, you know, if you order something and go buy, I guess you can mention it and get a sticker. <laughs> Still, um, <laughs> we're not promoting that. We're not. Um, you know, trying to take money from them or from uh, Pale Fire right now. And, you know, they, those guys need to support their own people and their own businesses. Um, but we're certainly really proud to be have them as friends and partners and, you know, just can't encourage you enough. You know, do you can please do mention the, the podcast if you if you, you know, make a choice uh, based on hearing it here. But don't, um, you know, just like us, you know, I don't know if there's stickers or not right now. We'll worry about that someday down the road. Yeah, um, but their stores open. Um, you can buy online; they'll ship to you. Rob and I both um, ordered ourselves, um, paid for, not swag this time. Um, you know, to support our friends, uh, some awesome purple and gold Mossy Creek sweatshirts uh, this week. So we're, you know, if there's anything you need, um, go on there. And one thing they did say today, Rob, that was really cool is like they're having a Patagonia sale, um, which never happens, and they've been authorized by a bunch of their vendors um to put things on sale that are never on sale so yeah for anybody that gets a chance and can afford to right now um it's a really cool opportunity yeah they got waiting boots on yeah. sale um patagonia is a big one and i don't patagonia is expensive so you can get it on sale it's great but they really do make great products and yeah. the lifetime guarantee so if yeah. you've been on the market even if you're not necessarily a fisherman if you need whatever you know fleece or anything patagonia shorts yeah. uh hoodies definitely go check it out buy it from Moss creek yeah it's cool so um and then also a uh, big thanks as always, we can't encourage you enough to support Pale Fire. Um, Pale Fire helps. They have like a really fancy, they finally got their website like really on par with the amount of good work they've been doing, Rob. Um, so Pale Fire Helps is a pop-up food bank for restaurant employees. Uh, they've actually been able to expand it outside of just the city of Harrisonburg. So got a no, little bit of love on Good Morning America last they week. They did. They oh, were on ABC that. last week, um, national. And they, I noticed they've, um, sort of helped other breweries around the state, a couple other places set up a similar, um, similar food bank product for other restaurant workers. So just amazing what they have started and what they're doing. Um, so anybody, you know, if you're within, I don't know, uh, easy driving distance of Harrisonburg and you're a restaurant worker is out of work, you can go by there uh, when they're open and pick up uh, the kind of food donations that you might need right now. There's a lot of people in the Valley, probably in that, you know, I'm thinking of, Waynesboro and Woodstock, basically, you know, the Stanton, like that whole surrounding area, I'm sure they all have their own things, but it's pretty awesome what Pilfar is doing. So, and if you can, you can go on their website now. And if you're local, you can bring shelf stable donations um, from the public and drop them off out there in front of Palefire on a good weather day, or you can donate online. They have a donate button now on their website to actually just donate dollars, which is always the best way to support if you can afford to do so. So big thanks to both of them. Um, Rob, let's talk to Brian and Colby, and we will chat briefly afterwards for a quick overtime. All right. Sounds good. All right. So you see you on the other side. All right. Don't worry. We can trim anything we mess up later. So no worries. All right. All right. All right. Welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd, and Rob and I are here. We're joined today by the brothers Tro, Colby and Brian, the owners of Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian and Colby. Welcome. 
Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> no problem. Hey, guys, so we're doing this kind of um, JMU Built series. You guys have been one of our big sponsors uh, for a long time, and we're so appreciative of that. And you're the first people we wanted to talk to. Two JMU guys have built their own business right there in Harrisonburg. Um, can you guys tell us, like, when did you graduate and did you stay in Harrisonburg? Like, was this what you did right after school? Or how did you start Mossy Creek? Well, we did. Well, uh, we-, <laughs> we, actually, we actually were both fly fishing through college. Cool. So, um, you know, did, did some guiding and instructing while we were here in the valley. And mm-hmm. then um, had a business plan for, you know, going in a different direction after we graduated. Uh, moved to Northern Virginia for, I don't know, maybe six months or so pursuing <laughs> that. And then had, had an opportunity to open the shop in Harrisonburg. So, uh, quite rapidly moved back and um, op- opened up in the spring of 2003. So graduated in, in 02 and then um, opened in spring of 03. Cool. Now, what, this is your second location. Can you tell people where the first one was and how you guys it's actually out? It's actually our third location. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. And hopefully so we, our last. Yeah. <laughs> So we opened up, um, uh, you guys know in Harrisonburg on Market Street where Martins and Kohl's are, um, that strip mall there, when we opened in 2003, this is how long ago this was, that was actually Rack and Sack. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, yeah. Game, yeah. You remember know, Rack and yeah. Sack? So there was a Toys R Us, which is out of business. There was Circuit City, which is out of business. There was Staples and Rack and Sack, and that's that was our first location. No, I was, was in with those guys. It was Office Depot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then and then Colby and I moved um, after like five or six years. We needed a bigger store, so we moved to the Kroger Shopping Center, Spotswood Shopping Center. We were there oh, yeah. for quite a while, next and then we've been here. Plan nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah plan nine. We were. We were next to plan nine. We were. And, we were, and guess what? We that went out of business too. We've, we've experienced a lot of businesses. <laughs> yeah, that was over by Bari Station and China Jade and all that, right? That one back there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Cool. Next to Pato's. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Deadly. Yeah. So, what was it that gave you guys the inspiration to do this? I know you're lifelong fly fisher. Was this you wanted to find something to do in the industry? You mentioned you've been guiding. What made you think that retail was the way to go? Well, we're, uh, we're still not quite sure that retail is the way to go, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're we're a, we're a school, a guide service, you know, retail store, and and sell online. So it's 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 multi it's multifaceted and always has been. Cool. Um, what was it like when, at first? Like, how, when did you guys feel like you were going to make it? Like, I don't know. You know, like, how did that start the first year or two? Um, it was interesting because, I mean, we were fresh out of college. Uh, we each took a small loan. I'd say over the course of, like, four or five years, mm-hmm. you know, just we kind of kind of paid ourselves back. And, um, you know, we're kind of at a point where, you know, we didn't have debt. We were growing we were growing every year, just growing slowly and in, mm-hmm. in different categories and then started adding guides and started adding more services. And then, um, you know, the educational aspect continues to grow. So um, kind of becoming the hub of fly fishing education in uh, the mid Atlantic. Um, so there, there was always room to grow. It was just, you know, how to, how to scale it. You know, back when we opened 17 years ago, we did have an online store. Um, but, you know, online fly fishing 17 years ago is a lot different than it is now. <laughs> yeah, and we also, just being right out of college, guys, we didn't have wives and kids and everything. So, you <laughs> 22, 23 years old and still eating ramen noodles and drinking natural light and living in a college town made it affordable for us to start a business and not, and, and be able to focus on, you know, paying debt and stuff like that don't, instead of just don't, don't lie. You yeah. still drink natural light. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> old, old, old habits die hard guys. Well, can we talk a little bit about the educational element? Like, I'm actually a graduate of your fly fishing course. So, um, 
I have not taken that education um, and leveraged it as much as I've liked, but it really was a fantastic <laughs> program. And that's how I first became aware of you guys. Um, it was awesome. I mean, just went out there. We had like quote unquote classroom instruction. We actually, I went with Shane and actually just, it was a nice day. So went outside, taught us, you know, how to, how to rig up the line and everything, worked on some casting and then actually put us on the water and caught fish that first day. Went with a buddy of mine. Um, just an absolutely fantastic experience and, and really gets you super, super hyped to, to learn more. How successful has that been? It seems like something everybody I know who's done it has raved about it and immediately comes home like the word of mouth is like, you got to go do this. You got to go do this. Um, do you find that that really translates there's, into customers a lot of, or just how successful has it been from your perspective? There, there's a lot of misconceptions about, you know, fly fishing and it can be really, really hard and it's too hard or it's too expensive or, you know, this, that, and the other. And we try and get rid of all that with the, with the, with the lessons. Um, you know, if you want to compare it to something, another technical sport like golf, you know, you can take 10 golf lessons and still be pretty yeah. miserable at golf. Um, we, we try our best to prove to people that if you have one really good day with a, with a good professional instructor, that you can skip a lot of the mm. frustration and get right to the really fun part of the sport. And, um, and that's proven because we really don't have a lot of people that come back for a second class. Now they may hire you as a guide and, and build on what they've already learned. There's certainly more to learn beyond the class, but people don't take a second or third or fourth class. fly fishing mm-hmm. class with us. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's really, you know, to get people started and skip some of the pain of mm-hmm. learning, <laughs> Um, on your own, you know, Colby and I learned when we were 10, so we had no idea how bad we really were and we didn't really care. So, but, but it can be a frustrating sport to try and and learn and piece together on your own. And the the educational part's huge because we just, you know, the sport is stronger when you just introduce more and more folks to fly fishing. That's great. Yeah. It's it's interesting too, because I thought kind of the best part you summed up was taking away the intimidation. You know, you hear all this stuff before you ever pick up a rod that it's impossible and it costs a lot of money. And um, I took the class and it really broke down a lot of those barriers. And like anything else, you can go way deep and spend as much money as you have on it. <laughs> but I, I actually have traded it off with golf. And for me, it's, it's, I mean, you can get into fly fishing. You can get a decent setup for way less than, than a set of clubs. And for me personally, even that, that frustration of learning, I get much less frustrated even if I get skunked, at least it's a day on the water. I'm in a beautiful setting. It's much different than paying $150 in green fees and being out there all day and playing a bad 18 hole. Yeah. So for me, it's interesting that you went right to golf because that's what I always tell people. Like, yeah, you hear all this stuff like, oh, it's an expensive use of time. I can duck out for an hour or two. And if I'm getting too frustrated, I can just walk away. You can't walk off the third hole. So, um, but, but for me, that the class, no. the best part about it was just being like, hey, this is something that is achievable. And it is something I can try. And it just completely broke down that intimidation. And I found the community in general to be much more welcoming to novices such as myself. Like I was very intimidated when I was on the outside. And now I found people who fish and who are good like to get others involved in the sport. So it's I encourage everybody to, to sign up and take the class if they can. Just get out on the water for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I'd say like 90% of the people that we fish with um are still in a entry level intermediate mode i mean folks that folks that we fish with they've been you know quote unquote fishing for 40 years well they they fish they fish four times a year for 40 years yes yeah. so, so there's a lot of people that'll fish, <laughs> fish fish more than them in a two-year time period and it's, it's it's just because they don't have the time to get out and do it as much as they'd like so you know they, they don't necessarily have a chance to improve or get better year over year. Um, but once you learn those basic skills, you can go out and you can enjoy it. It's, it's, it is similar to riding a, a bike. I mean, it's, you don't you generally see people's casting deteriorate over time. <laughs> Usually they mm-hmm. kind of have a baseline, uh, kind of, you know, kind of cast. If you see the same angler, Brian's been, Brian and I, some of our guides have been guiding the same individuals for the past 17 years. And they fish once or twice a year. That's it. So every time you see them, they're they're almost the exact same as the year before. At the end of the day, they're a little bit better than when they started. But if you don't get out there and practice and try to improve, you're not necessarily going to get better. But you rarely see people 
get worse <laughs> over time. <laughs> That's good to yeah. know. <laughs> I, I might challenge yeah. that one. <laughs> no, but I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. I got, um, for my birthday two years ago, I treated myself to a guide out in Colorado. And the first hour or so of the day, I felt like struggling. But then I felt like over those four or five hours, I made more progress than I had in, in the past like three years. Yeah, you, you were, and then like, I immediately gave it all back. Yeah, you, you were, know, I fished you were, another two. Times. You were as good as you were when you finished your previous trip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so. that's good, Colby. You've uh, introduced me. I know I've been in the shop a couple times and met a few of your folks. And you mentioned the guides that have been there a long time. Um, do you guys have a lot of people from JMU on your staff? Uh, yes. So, well, and well, through the years too, because we've had a lot of uh, yeah. staff from JMU um, work for us, and some have moved on to things. Just Jarrett, you know, for instance, he's he's mm-hmm. uh, he's running. He's he works for uh, JMU athletics, you know, and he he mm-hmm. he helps manage the stadium and um, you know a lot of the a lot of the athletic facilities over there. So he started mm-hmm. with us as an intern. Um, you know, he was in um, sports management and he mm-hmm. interned with us and then he stayed and he worked and uh, kind of managed the shop for a year or so and then got got hired by JMU. Um, got a lot of JMU grads um, and still mm-hmm. have some students. Andy, Andy's uh, junior, he'll be a senior <laughs> next year. And he was the president of the JMU Fly Fishing Club. Uh, last year but he's still in town he's doing his remote work uh right now but he's still um he's in an apartment you know by himself all of his roommates left a month ago and so Mm -hmm. uh, we're keeping him busy here uh he's staying busy online so yeah but you know i mean i'd say 90 95 percent of everybody that has worked for us has has been a part of jmu at some point that's so yep. cool. And I didn't even know there was JMU fly fishing. Have you guys been involved with that all along? So we we helped um, no. years ago, helped get the club started up a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, with a lot of the clubs, you get turnover with the students and whatnot. And so a couple of the professors that wanted to get the club nice. going, Colby and I still work with That's to awesome. this day. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great club. And what it does is we had a lot of students – um, that would come to JMU that were fly fishermen, but they get in mm-hmm. that bubble, right? You're freshman year, you're in the bubble, you don't have a car. And some of them weren't really realizing the fly fishing <laughs> opportunities in the Shenandoah Valley until like it was too late until right. they were graduating. And so this has really helped uh, get those kids. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a freshman, uh, you have the ability with the club membership to get catch rides to fishing destinations. They do annual trips down to the Holston. They meet up with other fly fishing clubs like mm-hmm. the Tech mm-hmm. Fly Fishing Club and App State and, and um, all the fun things that go along yeah. with meeting up with other clubs <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and fishing. <laughs> Colby and I were, uh, we, we helped, we ran the Jamie race team for four years. So we know all about getting together club with the sports. other yeah. clubs, but um, it's also helped Colby and I, you know, it's helped us find employees. You know, we, we see some of these kids mm-hmm. get into the club and some of them really learn the local waters. And of course, if you're the president of a club, you are yeah. demonstrating added <laughs> responsibility, which we like. And so we've had actually several presidents um, of the Madison fly fishers uh, work on our staff for, for years and, and some still do. So um, we've been, and then like Colby mentioned before, We've we've gotten involved with the sports and rec mm-hmm. management, um, and they, you know, they have options on where they can do their internships. They have paid and unpaid that they are required to do. And it's like, do you want to do you want to sit at URec and rent basketballs, or do you want to come work for a retail store with a dynamic service end and learn about online and everything else? So we've we've had quite a few uh, JMU students do their internships here through the company, and it's been great for us and great for them. That's great. Um, Guys, I don't know. Um, quick break here. <laughs> um, who's ever her phone or headphones is by the keyboard. If you could move it a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's t- someone... typing. Is there anybody? No, I hear some I hear... static. I, I think it's too. just, yeah. Oh, it's cool. Just, I've heard bad oh, sound. That's just yeah. well, oh, well, I'll have to fix that. Part I hate later. this app. <laughs> I know. Well, welcome back, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Hey guys, I, one thing I really wanted to ask you about was all the work you've done with Project Healing Waters. Can you and either of you kind of tell us how you got involved and what that is and why that's so important to you guys and everybody at Mossy Creek? So Project Healing Waters yep. started, um, it's, a, it's a nonprofit mm-hmm. that's, that's been set up to help disabled veterans mm-hmm. and also uh, active service members that um, are injured. Mm-hmm. And it came out of Walter Reed. Oh, cool. Um, and and uh, it, it started with uh, Captain Ed Nicholson, mm-hmm. who's a dear friend of ours and a mentor and just an awesome American. Mm-hmm. And um, they basically started taking um, folks out of the hospital to the little pond there at Walter Reed and teaching them how to fly fish and teaching them how to catch fish and how to tie flies. And the folks at the VA started noticing like just tremendous results, mm. uh, especially with people that they were not having much success getting through to or trying to put a smile on their face or, or, you know, to work with them. So there was just some magic in that pond and, and, um, and just the time on the water and, and that grew mm-hmm. and it's grown to a nationwide organization. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, I think it's 48 states right now. Mm-hmm. And um, Colby and I were there very early on. We, we you know, our store is, was one of the closer trout fishing destinations to Walter Reed. And so we started getting phone calls asking for these guys had outgrown their pond, right? right? They, <laughs> wanted to, they wanted to like experience more technical fish. And, and um, you know, um, our father's a veteran, our grandfather's a veterans, and um, Colby and I just, had you know just knowing that there was a way for us to actually help folks through something we already do every day it was just tremendous opportunity for us um and we just jumped at it and so it started off with just taking a few folks fishing mm-hmm. but it, it's morphed into a whole lot more than that we help uh help host along with a, a couple other great people um the mossy creek invitational which we do every year here in the valley mm-hmm. um and um we've raised uh, i think this is our 13th year, Colby, uh, is that right? <laughs> this will be 13, I think. Um, and anyway, we've raised $2.5 million wow. uh, through that wow. through that yeah. fundraiser with a combination of national, international, and local companies and individuals. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we're just involved with them constantly. I'm actually on the board of trustees. I've been on the board of trustees for six years now. And um, yeah, it's pretty amazing to see the same reasons, the same things that, that Rob just mentioned, just even a day on the water where you don't catch anything or right. something peaceful and healing about water and nature. Fly fishing doesn't take you to ugly places. <laughs> and so that's what some of these folks are seeking. I mean, if they're given the option to sit in the hospital bed for the day or get out on the water, they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. And um, success is measured in a million different ways. And it's not always by, you know, how many fish you got in your net. So um, for the same reason that people see, are seeking out fly fishing right now during this pandemic mm-hmm. as an escape, uh, a peaceful way to get your mind off stuff, to get outside, connect with nature, mm-hmm. is all the same reasons that it works so well with our veterans who are battling a lot of issues. That, that's so, amazing. I so didn't realize cool. you'd raise that much money. I knew it was over a million dollars. I didn't realize you were up over $2 million. That is That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've, we've been getting to the point here the last few years where we're able to raise close to 200 to 240,000 a year. Now this year is going to be really tough. In fact, we've already had to push the uh, invitational from its normal date in June mm-hmm. to, to, um, to October. And, you know, yeah. we're open and it's going to be tough. A lot of the local sponsorships, yep. some of the great businesses in Harrisonburg yep. that folks know, like Jack Brown, yeah. and Billy Jackson, most, you know, it's going to be tough even trying to ask those guys, they're just hanging yeah, on, you know? So, sure. The fundraising will be tough this year, but at the same time, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get through keeping these veterans, um, you know, focused on tying flies and fishing and communicating has become a challenge without being able to see one another, mm-hmm. but we're, we're using technology and we're figuring it out. So, well, that takes me to my next question, Brian. Um, what are ways people can connect with you now? I know you guys have been doing a little bit of videos. Um, so there's some pretty cool things that Rob and I've got to see um, and you're obviously the online store is open. Like what things do you guys have going on during this sort of crazy? Well, we time? don't have our new, our new online platform <laughs> up and running yet. And it'll be a couple more weeks. Um, we're, mm-hmm. we're still operating on kind of our older, more antiquated platform. It's serving its purpose right now. Um, sure. 
Rob and I are both wearing your purple and gold yes. sweatshirts right now that I, that I ordered nice. on the platform. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes. We we were we were gonna launch our new website and online platform um, before the mm-hmm. pandemic hit. So we we started in okay. January, and then this hit, and we thought we were gonna have more time. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is we're we're staying afloat right now. Um, this is our peak season and there's a lot of people out fishing, which is great. You know, a lot of people aren't doing anything but outside and enjoying the outdoors. The manner, the manner at which we do business right now is very, um, inefficient when somebody, when somebody orders, you know, two or 300 flies, we're, we're hand picking them for people instead of, you know, having them come into the shop and pick them themselves and so mm-hmm. um we're hanging in there we're doing all right it's just we're, we're working twice as hard as we normally would um through this <laughs> and so we actually haven't had the the time we're, we're we're working on the new platform every day um right we just we thought we would have a lot more time uh currently we don't no, it's i mean it's a it's a blessing that we can even operate right now and so we're certainly sure. not complaining, but we were trying to get the new platform up and running as soon mm-hmm. as possible. But we also don't want to, um, we, we don't want to rush things. So hopefully, hopefully in no. the next couple of weeks, but people we'll can, have our new, yeah. new platform up. Cool. Well, people can still order from the Mossy Creek website and they can come by the shop and pick up what they need. Right. I mean, it's kind of a drive through yep. window now. Right. Yeah, that's right. There, there. People are calling in orders. People are ordering online and then hitting local pickup. And mm-hmm. we've got a, a drive-through, basically a drive-through parking lot and a back window that we're operating out of. Um, and- yeah. I think you lost Brian. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, Colby, when are you guys do? Oh no, you're back. There you go, Brian. I, I, we've seen those Facebook Live videos. Um, when are you? Are you guys doing another one of those coming up? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Write this minute down. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Colby, can you hear me? So are you guys doing another one? Yeah, we're going to. So lines, we would be doing those um, all day, every day. Um, (laughs) If we had the time again, it's been, it's been Mm -hmm. great. Some, some day, some days we come in and we've got, you know, 20, 20, 25, you know, orders in the queue from, from overnight or the morning, um, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to, to pick process package <laughs> that up all the while you're yep. doing that, you're getting, you know, a constant stream of mm-hmm. orders coming in throughout the day. It's great, but it's taken a couple guys most of the morning into the afternoon to just catch up with the overnight mm-hmm. uh, rush, which is great. Yep. And then trying to schedule and keep people engaged has just been difficult. We, we, we are down on staff. Sure. A couple of our part-time guys that were in school went back home and mm-hmm. we don't want to, yeah. we don't want to obviously try to hire or bring anybody else new on. We're trying to keep our staff um, lean, keep the, you know, our guys, mm-hmm. Uh, getting their hours and also they're they're kind of quarantined at home and then coming to work yeah and practicing the social distancing here you know in the shop everybody you know pretends that everybody else has the plague and we're keeping things clean and sanitized (laughs) and again that adds to the inefficiency of how we normally work and operate but um I'm, I'm hoping that in the next week or two, as we kind of mm-hmm. continue to adjust and adapt, we'll have some more time mm-hmm. to do those face, uh, some, some more, uh, Facebook live yeah. fly tying, you know, a lot more things too. uh, fishing, you know, fishing, we, yeah. we, we tossed around, you know, interactive on stream fishing. Like one of us can go out and videotape <laughs> the guides day of fishing. You can learn a lot from watching other people fish and how oh, yeah. they approach the Creek. So kind of like a live fishing mm-hmm. show. Uh, we've kind of tossed around 
different ideas like that. Sure, yep. sure beats watching the news. <laughs> really? Yeah, that'd be really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely tune in for that. Yeah. Now, in addition to Facebook Live, you guys have been featured in a, in a couple movies. I know that we're on like the fly fishing film tour. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, about how that experience was and, and how that all came together? It was awesome. Um, we've been so growing up as, as, you know, skiing, you know, skiing since we were like two years old. Um, you know, watching Warren and, you know, yeah. uh, Teton Gravity Research, Matt. Oh, Nick, my, like, my cousin's a photographer. Progression of, of you know, skiing and <laughs> snowboarding videos and stuff. Yep. You know, when, when we were in college, we were like, man, this would be great, you know, if we could incorporate fly fishing into this kind of video scene. And the Trout Bum Diaries came mm-hmm. about um, when we were kind of constructing our first concepts. And those guys kind of uh, pioneered and blazed the trail and uh, went to Patagonia, New Zealand, videotaped, got some just not only incredible fishing footage, but, <laughs> you know, what goes along with fly fishing adventures and where, where, yeah. where things take you. And so kind of watched them and learned and um, the fly fishing film tour kind of grew out of, you know, just the hype that these videos were bringing. And so <laughs> um, we reached out to some friends you know, kind of pitched them ideas and concepts, that kind of stuff. And then um, Nick and Cammy Swingle up in, uh, they were living in Northern Virginia, D.C. at the time, actually reached out, contacted us mm-hmm. to do, um, to, to try to put a film together. And so kind of worked, um, mm-hmm. collaborated with them on a few things. And um, they came down, We the first film that we did, Blood Knot, uh, was primarily to showcase and celebrate the diversity of fishing here in Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley. So the, mm. you know, mm-hmm. everything that you can do within 30 minutes of Harrisonburg from small mountain brook trout streams to the bigger trout waters, um, then all the warm water fishing, the bass fishing, carp, all the obscure stuff you can do. And, um, <laughs> kind of everything that we do here in our, in our own backyard. Uh, we pieced it together. That's so cool. We got some pretty remarkable footage. Mm-hmm. Usually when you have the cameras rolling, um, mm-hmm. things are really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> As you guys know, right. I mean, right. anytime you're trying to produce something, you have a goal. It's like, you know, everything's working against you. You know, we, we, we had trials and tribulations. <laughs> we tried to get smallmouth bass fishing in, and every time the, the camera crew came down, it would rain two or three inches the night before and flood all of our rivers. <laughs> so we had to get creative <laughs> and adapt and evolve like uh-huh. we always do. And uh-huh. um, as a result, we got some pretty remarkable footage of things that people don't normally see every day. Um, as a result, we ended up winning... Um, freshwater film of the year in the drake film awards nice um we didn't even know that the (laughs) film was going to be in the film awards uh let alone nominated we were nominated for like best story best cinematography freshwater film of the year and um actually ended up winning film of the year that year so uh took took, uh you know took the the grand honors that year um, which fueled our desire for our second film, much to the chagrin of our wives and families. Uh, <laughs> so we did a Virginia saltwater-based film, Tidewater. Um, we did most of oh, it out cool. of Rudy. That's where we, we, we really struggled with weather, um, weather issues, you know, fish cooperating. Some of the easiest fish that we would normally try to get on film like stripers and stuff we just had horrible weather bad wind days where we couldn't get out and then some of the more challenging fish on our list like we thought you know uh, marlin fishing out of virginia beach with fly rods we thought was going to be challenged actually ended up being the easiest and best footage uh to capture for the film so Mm. um we we went out 
to try to shoot a tidewater based fly fishing film to showcase all the different species of fish. We got a lot of fish um, on camera, but not enough to kind of piece together a whole story. The marlin fishing, we ended up getting mm-hmm. a ton of good quality footage. And so ultimately just ended up making a marlin film. Didn't win any awards. Um, we were nominated for mm-hmm. Saltwater Film of the Year and Film of the Year. Cool. And then I've seen you guys on the Silver Kings yes. as well, right? So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. um, a TV show, Silver Kings, one of the more popular fly fishing shows out there um, on Discovery. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, what Brian and I took the wives down, um, flew down to Isle <laughs> Morada, stayed with our buddy Art, um, who was uh, producing the show at the time and uh, filmed a couple mm-hmm. days. Um, again, kind of tarpon fishing and some mm-hmm. of the diverse fishing that, that goes on down there. It's a, so, so much fun. Um, yeah, that's Colby cool. and I, the only time we actually get to fish together now is when we're filming something, which is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys, on those movies, this is a good time for people to buy them um, or see them. It looks like you can find them on Amazon. Um, anywhere else in particular people should look for those? I think you can rent them. I think you can rent see those. on uh, Vimeo. Okay. I think Vimeo On Demand um oh cool still a spot we've got if anybody has still has a dvd player somewhere tucked away we've got some dvds (laughs) yeah that's what i was finding yeah Yeah, it's like i want to watch those now (laughs) i got time for this yeah um well is there anything else you want to share or you guys want to tell people how they can support um the things you guys care about now both the shop and project healing waters what's needed for you know the next couple months and and just uh you know, otherwise, anything else you want to share with them? Well, I want to, I want everybody to know how much we love the JMU sports blog, <laughs> first of all. And Thank yeah, you. you guys are just awesome. And, you know, it's also pretty amazing um, how many folks uh, listen to you guys. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little concerned about who might be yeah. listening to this particular episode. And I just, we won't out any of your yeah. customers here. But yeah. You know, Colby and I yeah. – um, we bleed purple and gold, you know, like we, we just absolutely mm-hmm. love JMU sports and we love supporting mm-hmm. JMU sports. And, um, you know, it's difficult for us because, uh, we get pretty busy in the fall <laughs> with guiding and stuff. And like, we're always trying to let our yep. staff go to games, but also we're trying to book uh-huh. them and make some money too. So <laughs> we love seeing all the folks come through town. You know, it's been pretty amazing how many, uh, alumni seek out small businesses in Harrisonburg. And not just the typical, you know, going and getting uh, a Jack Brown's burger, but the retailers and stuff. Right. And so, um, you know, we love we love that. We love uh, game day and um, seeing old friends and having people stop by the shop and uh, getting new people involved. And a lot of GMU parents uh, that have mm-hmm. that are big fly fishermen, you know. And instead of just driving down mm-hmm. from New Jersey and like spending five hundred dollars at Walmart and you know, and, and <laughs> taking your kid to, to dinner one night, they're, they're incorporating fishing trips with their visits uh, to Harrisonburg, which we love. It's just awesome. Um, yeah. Really and, cool. um, you know, for a lot of the alumni, they don't know, they don't, they don't know what amazing um, fisheries we have here in the Shenandoah Valley. And so mm-hmm. we want them to come in and ask questions and explore and we'll get them on a great piece of water. Um, Colby and I, that's become a really important job for us in the last month is spreading people out right with all these different stories Mm of shenandoah national park for example just closed that's Mm -hmm. huge that takes like Mm -hmm. 25 really awesome fisheries away from us and so we're trying really hard to make sure that people can find those uh little known places and spread people out that's that's what we do that stuff is free you can just come in and ask a million questions so um yeah (laughs) shopping online you know uh there's actually great deals and stuff right now colby and i have been authorized by a lot of manufacturers like patagonia that never ever um allow us to mark things down um they're letting us and so so people are finding really really great deals so um we don't just want pity purchases we want customers to be able to get stuff they actually need and get get a deal deal. yeah that's what's happening right now so um 
but yeah, that's, and you know, you can, people are still booking trips with us guys. It's just, it's very limited yep. in its scope, um, you know, and mm-hmm. what we're going to do. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy days. Um, and just wish you continued luck during this time. And um, hopefully everybody stays healthy. And um, I don't know. We just, we're so grateful to have you guys as part of our Well, team. Todd, you so, know, you know, thank you, folks, you know so it's much. your time to get on the water, right, buddy? It, it, it is. is. It, it definitely is. is. Yes. Yeah. It's coming soon. We will have, we will have a, a talk yes. soon about this. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. that's going to be fun for us, Rob. Oh. We can just sit back and watch, just watch the struggle. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be it. right there with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm with you. If I could, I would fish every day, but with kids and everything, I'm more of those, you know, four or five times a year is unfortunately as good as it gets right now. I've, I got my kids a Tenkara rods and I'm trying to go that route Perfect. to get them more on the water. My oldest is up for it. Youngest does not have the patience. So it's a matter of sneaking out of the house with, with my 12 year old. Well, Rob, I got all my kids started on the Tenkara rod and a lot of people think my kids got started early simply because their dad owns a fly shop, but really it was Tenkara that helped me get my kids going. <laughs> yeah, early. It, They're it's great. great. Like They're my great. oldest just, he likes getting out there. He's a little bit more independent. So we'll go out and he'll just walk away by himself and he can spend, you know, yep. like kind of the challenge of it, the, the <laughs> struggles we get them together, then they get competitive and then they're skipping rocks and all that stuff. But I might, I might need to sneak out there. My youngest is even bored enough during this quarantine where he is open to the idea of, of spending a day on the water with me. So we'll see. That's what I tell people right now. I say, yeah. if you can't, now some certain people are busy or like Colby and I, and certain people yeah. have yeah. tons of time and, I say, if you if you can't pick up this sport that you've been talking about during this yep. time, then you're not going to yeah. fly fish, period. Yep. That's it. You're just yep. not. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, thanks uh, so much. Well, we love you guys. I yeah. appreciate all your support. Thank you all. Absolutely. Thank you, yeah, guys. Big time. All right, we'll clean this up and have it up pretty soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Go Dukes. <laughs> all right. And welcome back. Hey, Rob. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, that, I thought that was really fun talking to those guys. How about you? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, mm-hmm. I was appreciative of their time. And um, as we talk about every week, it's very important to support small businesses. And um, I don't know, just a cool thing. Definitely check it out. And this is, as they said, if you've ever thought about getting into fly fishing or giving it a shot mm-hmm. and you don't take advantage of this really weird situation where we all have more time than we know to do with to actually get out there and get on the water. You're never going to do it. You're going to regret it. Get out there. Give it a shot. It is a great sport. I am terrible at it, but I'm telling you, it's one of the most satisfying <laughs> um, hobbies. And there is nothing as exciting in sports. You're going to think I'm kidding until, <laughs> until you do it. When you land your first trout or you land a big trout, mm. it's every bit as great a feeling of, as dunking a basketball or scoring a touchdown. It's hard to imagine. People think no. I'm kidding until you catch that, that first <laughs> fish and you see a trout jump up and you land it and you're running down the side. It is unbelievable. It's really just a fun, fun sport. That's great. I can't wait (laughs) to join that club. Um, Yeah, so thanks again to Brian and Colby. I hope everyone can hear through some audio difficulties today, Um, but it was great to talk to them. And Rob, that was incredible. I didn't realize over $2 million for Project Healing Water. I I didn't either. That's amazing. Really amazing stuff. Um, Just good guys doing incredible work in that community. Um, the fishing community and the Shenandoah Valley community. So big thanks to them. And we're going to do for overtime tonight, Rob, just like one thing that we're doing new during the quarantine, I guess. Right. Yeah. During stay at home. Yeah. Um, Acknowledging that uh, both of us are so far very fortunate, you know, to be healthy and employed and, you know, have healthy families. So, um, you know, our, our things are not, you know, not, not real serious things, I don't think. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So how about you, Rob? Well, I've always enjoyed cooking. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing I've been doing, I've been cooking a lot. But what's <laughs> been neat is I've been cooking with my kids. Um, oh, yeah. Which is fun. Like, mm-hmm. we're trying to develop, use this to develop, you know, quote, unquote, life skills. And not just all about. <laughs> but it is really neat. We're like, I've always on, I always cook on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife usually cooks during the week. I cook on the weekends. I always invite the boys to do it. Very rarely do they do they follow through. They've actually shown an interest in in learning and and spending a little more time in the kitchen and actually doing things. Mm-hmm. So that has just been really really fun. 
Um, gotcha. And it's gotten to the point where, like, this morning I got up and I started working and Sam went down and, you know, made himself a full breakfast. And it's not just, like, pouring cereal, you know, like, right. he made breakfast burritos for himself. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's cool to see them, you know, they're doing their lunches every mm-hmm. day, you know. Um, so it's been fun. It's just a fun way to unwind at the end of the day. And it's mm-hmm. something to look forward to. And it's cool that they seem to be enjoying it. So cook, cooking with my kids has been my big new thing. Oh, that's great. I like that, Rob. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, uh, don't have kids. So not yeah. that. I do feel like I've been cleaning. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Right? I'm fortunate to have um, <laughs> someone else doing a lot of the cooking. But I've been doing all the – I try to do all the cleaning to chip in most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, I do feel like, like everybody else, I've done more dishes than at any point in my life. Um, recently yes. but yeah my my new things i were just um <laughs> were, i was it made me realize how lucky we are to be doing this in 2020 because just like adding some electronics to my portfolio yeah that i've never so i got my first kindle oh cool. um, you know and i'm a big reader in general but i've never actually gotten a kindle so my first book i'm, I'm reading the sellout by paul bd for a, a a book a virtual book club i'm going to do later this month so that's been really cool um, reading. I'm trying to think uh, the Stormlight Archive for the fantasy nerds out there. Um, I did make it to book three. Book four is supposed to come out at the end of this year. So I felt like this is time to catch up on 1200 page books. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So those are kind of my um, that was kind of and I actually ordered an Xbox, Rob. Although this is a very dad story, Rob. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not a dad, but um I haven't had a video game system of my own since high school, mm-hmm. certainly before college, right? I played, I mean, I played other, you and I, we played other people's games, I think at JMU, yeah. right? And like a couple years after that, but I never owned, I never was the person like setting anything up. I can't, like, it took me like three hours just to like get to the actual time where I was able to play the game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm so clueless. I need your boys over here to like show me how to get through the like setup. And they have no patience for me. Like <laughs> both my boys had birthdays <laughs> since this thing started. And so I think it was yesterday. Uh-huh. James got some used his birthday money to get the latest NBA 2K. And they did it all so, themselves. I don't know. Yeah. Like they downloaded it. Like this they, awesome they cleared it with us, you know, they're like, Can we do yeah. it? And they, they gave me the cash and I put it on my credit card. And then it was just like off. Oh, and they're doing it and they got I don't know. They got a couple new games. I think Sam got a game for his birthday from James and they did it all themselves. I don't know what's going on. I can't even turn the thing on. No, this is, so I got the NBA 2K edition, right? Yeah. I ordered the package that, so that was the one game that I got. Yeah. Cause I know that my nephew plays that game. And so I was like, well, this will be cool. We, maybe we can play, you know, I was thinking like I can play with him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I know that's one game he plays a lot and that was available as like the deal right now. Mm-hmm. So I got that game. I can't pass the ball anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I can't, oh. like it's so much harder than I remember. I mean, I, James, NBA jam, right? James had the old version and I played it once with him and I, I just couldn't do it. And he's in that like career mode. Where he's oh, yeah. at the he was at the Portsmouth Invitational oh, and trying out and doing like trying to get drafted and he had done it on the last one he started off you know declared for the draft and made it all the way to the Lakers in two K nineteen and was doing well but now it's started over and you know I think he's looking to get drafted and go to the G League and I just I can't do it I mean he was doing a combine yesterday it was like uh-huh. doing the bench press and then the sprints right I I can't do it I find basketball games to be the most frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. most amazing looking. Yes, I just I get crushed on them. I can't figure it out, and I miss like I run by the if I'm playing defense, like I'll run right by the guy with the ball, and yeah, it's it's awful. That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, yeah, we did get the Red Dead Redemption, um, and that's been a little more fun. That's what I want to get, but I just like, don't. The, the boys, I don't think are ready for that. But that interests me more than the sports games nowadays. I yeah, used to it's be like watching a movie. Games. Yeah. Like we watched the first, we binged the first season of Westworld when HBO's but had some free stuff mm-hmm. lately, and um, yeah, switching to Red Dead was like just like watching another episode of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, that game definitely. Um, and you me. can't really mess up like that much, so I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so far, um, that's the, I, that was much easier than the the NBA game that I was so excited to play. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, less it's amazing up. from like a technology <laughs> standpoint, but I just can't do it. I, There's like 58 buttons on it. And Madden, too. so like, old. Madden, yes. I'm terrible. But yeah. I managed 
to like Sam and I did every other quarter against James, and I mm-hmm. actually, I think I tied when I was in okay. there, and then Sam ended up where Sam's pretty good. Uh, okay, but that game's hard enough. I can't run the ball to save my life. You think it'd be so easy? I can't yeah. even hit a hole. Like it's just terrible. Even if, <laughs> and it's I could be Saquon or McCaffrey. It's not yeah. player. It's totally me controlling it and not knowing what's going on. <laughs> well, I haven't started playing that one at all. So, oh, it's um, hard. I don't know yet. Yeah, but anyways, but that is our show for this week, Rob. Or I don't know. We'll see what when we can schedule if we can schedule. Um, you know, another show. We're really happy with this. I'm. This is really cool, Rob. The JMU built thing. Yeah, it's been fun and. Yeah, I meant to say we actually got a little reach out from the Alumni Association who asked us to mention that the Alumni Association is putting together a database of small business, like JMU-owned small businesses, um, you know, in the interest of promoting them, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we're not on the inside. I don't understand everything. But uh, just it's really cool that they asked us to talk about it and that we sort of are, had started doing this like at this particular moment. So, yeah, they're collecting um, information. You can go to the Alumni Association page at JMU and find out more about it. Um, if you're a small business owner or a JMU small business owner, definitely go check that out. Um, cool for us because we got to talk to Jamie from Breaking Tea, and now we did Mossy Creek and hoping to do a few more um, in the coming weeks. So I'm having fun doing this. I think it's cool to hear these stories. Yeah, right? I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. So otherwise, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, Bye. have a good week, everybody. Yep, go Dukes.